When I look back and I think about, I had this idea in my head, and if I let all the self-doubt, if I let all of the naysayers, if I let all of the rejection, if I've literally cried, I think, every day in the last eight years of my life, and like not discluding today as an entrepreneur. But if I let all of those things like had stopped me, there wouldn't be a Stacks today. There wouldn't be 300 families that are part of our Stacks pack. There wouldn't be 23 billion in payments processed through an idea that I had in my head. Hi, I'm Sanira, and I'm a mom of two, a daughter of an immigrant and an unlikely entrepreneur who went from scaling an idea to a nine-figure business. Along the way, I learned that less than 2% of female founders ever hit a million in revenue, and I'm on a mission to change that because we should all feel empowered enough to run our lives like we're the CEO. Since I never went to CEO school, I've had to learn it all the hard way. Now, I'm sharing it all with you so that you can join us as we discuss the mindset, money, and marketing secrets of the women who have bet big on unconventional paths to their version of success. Grab a seat because class is officially in session. Welcome to CEO School. Hi, everyone. Welcome to CEO School. I'm your host, Sanira Madani, and today, we're going to be sharing a live behind the scenes of the first interview of us sharing the most major news, not only for Orlando, for Florida, for women everywhere, especially for women in tech. Yours truly at Stacks has become the newest fintech unicorn on the block, valued at over $1 billion with a last Series D round of $245 million into the company. And I am so excited to bring on my co-founder, Sal Ramatula, co-founder and president of Stacks, and Casey Shemansky, who is our creative director at Stacks, to be doing a behind-the-scenes interview so that you guys can have the first take at what this actually means for not only Stacks, but for the CEO school community, as well as for women in large. Today is International Women's Day. And I have been, what I've been telling everybody, a hot mess express. It's been the most incredible morning. You're going to hear all the details of what took place behind the scenes. And we are here also live with our club members. Post the podcast, we are going to be doing an exclusive just for our club members. If you have not joined the club and if you've been waiting to join the club, stop waiting, stop wishing, and start doing. There is no such thing as a billion-dollar idea, only a billion-dollar execution, and execution and investment in you begins right now. So let's kick it off with an exclusive behind-the-scenes interview. Hello, Instagram, and hello, all of the audiences from CEO School, from Stacks Payments, and from all over the world. My name is Sanira Madani, and I am CEO and founder of the newest fintech unicorn on the block, Stacks Payments. I am so thrilled to be here right now with all of you guys to do a first interview live with my co-founder, Sal, as well, Sal Ramatula, president and co-founder, as well as Casey Shemansky, who is our creative director here at Stacks. But we're just so honored and so floored. Today has been such an emotional day here at Stacks. First and foremost, it is Women's History Month, and it's International Women's Day. And on International Women's Day, history absolutely was made today uh, by establishing Stacks as the newest unicorn. And we're just so proud to be a female-led company 
uh, for being a minority-led company and just have always had this vision to take our company to the next level. What this means, this is just a quick step in our journey. So it's a milestone that we're celebrating today with our announcement of our newest Series D round of over $245 million of an investment into stocks. I can't believe I'm saying that out loud. <laughs> I hear it for the first time. <laughs> $245 million for, uh, to help us accelerate our growth. This is our pre-IPO round, meaning that stock is a four-letter word for a reason. And we're hoping, not just hoping, we will be taking stocks public in the next, hopefully, 24 to 36 months. And so... Our community has been supportive of this journey. All of you guys have been part of my story and Sal's story and Stack's story from day one before anybody even believed you guys were following our journey, following my crazy social media and everything that I was sharing. And so we felt like before we sit and do all the media interviews, which we have Forbes and Fortune and everyone lined up right here after that we come to our community first. So you guys get the first exclusive interview with Sal and myself. And so I'm just so honored. A quick recap of the morning, just so you guys know what took place. Oh my God, it was <laughs> it was a beautiful day here at Stacks. Follow us on social at Stacks Payments. You can follow behind the scenes at Sal Ramatula. We'll be linking Sal's account as well to see it from his perspective, as well as Sanira Madani on my perspective um, and at CEO School as well. So we've got all the social channels running. But Stacks headquarters is just off the walls today. We have, it, it feels like a um, my kid's birthday party. There's like unicorns everywhere. It's purple. There's balloons. There's confetti. There's mimosa walls. There's donut walls. I mean, there's like every food group on every single wall around the office. And I don't think that there's any work being done, but our site is like off the handle right now. Like we just have so much media coming in. And so our team's trying to handle the influx for stacks payments. And if you are a small business, a large business, or a software company, you need to be utilizing stacks payments right away. DM us, let us know that you're here for our journey uh, for Women's History and for International Women's Day. We'll make sure that we take care of you with special codes and everything else. But we are truly making history. And the first article that went out today was the Bloomberg article. I hope you guys had a chance to read it. I believe it's in our bio, uh, but they announced our unicorn status today and said, move over Stripe. So we've got, it's, it's just so exciting. We're so honored to be here. I couldn't have done this without our incredible team, support of our community. And this morning we actually had Mayor Buddy Dyer uh, declare Orla uh, Orlando's official day today as Stacks Day. So March 8th will forever go down in history on International Women's Day for Orlando to be declared Stacks Day for the city of Orlando. It was so massive. I'm telling you, I was a hot mess express. I have not stopped crying like all morning. Uh, just saying thank you to our team, to the community, and just the support of everyone showing up to really rally around. Uh, it's not just news, right? It's not just another unicorn or another tech story. And I believe that the community and the people around are all excited to help us create this next vision for Stacks. And so we started the morning off with the mayor. We had our mom was like our mom was here. We were literally she's been in, she's been a hot mess express in the best possible way too. Uh, we're remembering our dad and just like the the immigrant, um, you know, the sacrifice the sacrifices that our parents made 
to come into this country with for their American dream, which really was to educate my brother and I. And what we've been able to do is not just for us. And so we got a chance to speak to our team from the heart and hopefully we'll share that. You know, it was an intimate moment with our team, but hopefully after all of this, we'll get to share some of those intimate behind the scenes moments of our mom and our families being here. And I kid you not, there was not a single dry eye in the room. I think Crystal declared that every grown man was crying this morning. Guilty. Yeah, every grown man. So without further ado, I just want to kind of share a little bit of the behind the scenes of what was taking place. Today, there's a lot happening for Women's History Month. It was intentional that we came, like we announced the story today. That was really, really important to not only myself, but to our team. And so we've got a lot of incredible things happening for Women's History Month. I will be going live um, on Instagram every Wednesday around lunchtime, I think 12 p.m. Eastern. We'll confirm all the dates. So every week, and hopefully I can convince Sal to come on live with me as well. I was well. like speaking for herself for now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're gonna get him in. We're gonna get him on the social media game. So um, no, I'm gonna be going live every week to just help answer questions for you guys of what it actually takes to build a billion dollar business and beyond. And so you know, we're spilling the tea, and I want to answer all of your burning business questions. We'll be on every single week. Also, obviously, I'm also speaking to our club members here that are live. You guys will get exclusive access to us um, even after today and then all throughout, uh, as you always do, all throughout the month as well. So keep your questions coming. I'll be doing a private one-on-one with you guys here shortly and thereafter. We have incredible giveaways coming from Stacks uh, to we have um, partnerships with uh, with Boss Babe, and we have partnerships with so many incredible women-led organizations, women, um, women-owned brands as well that we'll, we'll that we will be bringing to you each and every single week. So we are literally going all in on Women's History Month. This month is not about it's not about it's not about us and our announcement. This is really about amplifying the voice of minorities and women everywhere. And the last thing that I will say before I hand it off to Miss Casey Shemansky is the fact that less than 3% of venture capital goes to female-founded businesses. And we are on a mission to change that statistic. Less than 2% of female founders ever break a million in revenue. And that is 100% of the reason for all of us to rally behind this, to change the statistic and to change the game. And we have to hold venture capitalists accountable. We have to hold businesses accountable. We have to hold corporations accountable and we have to hold each other accountable. Um, And the last statistic that I will share that also breaks my heart is that less than 1%, it's not even just 1%, it's the 0.000 decimal place percentages that less than than 1% of minority founders and people of color receive venture capital. And in order for you to build a billion dollar business, that's what it takes. And if we're not even getting funded and, and supported from the very beginning, the chances of us succeeding are not even remotely possible. And so we are going to be shedding light on all of these statistics. And I need your help. Stacks Payments needs your help. We need your help. So follow along, share the stories. Let's amplify this message. Let's hold our community and the people running organizations accountable because we want to have, it's not just about Stacks as Unicorn today. We really need to have women and minorities everywhere celebrating um, this milestone for themselves to bring them into this club. It should not be a unicorn 
tech boys club anymore. And Sal and I are so proud to disrupt that, but to stand for something even greater. And so with that, I thank all of you again. And I'm looking forward to sharing the question. I have no idea what Casey's going to ask. So Casey, why don't you introduce yourself? Absolutely. Excited to be here, everyone. My name is Casey Shemansky. I'm the creative director here at Stacks and helping to lead our, our social uh, channels as well. So excited to have you both here and sharing a little bit about what this day has meant for you all. So let's start with a unicorn. Yes, yeah. mythical. It's people think it's a fairy tale, like, but we've made it a reality. So how does that feel? Yeah, so Sal Ramatula, uh, present co-founder, Snares talks about it. We are siblings. Uh, we argue who the better looking sibling is, so we can, we can have that debate at any point. She is two years older, so she does get to dominate talking time. Um, so we've had to negotiate that. Over the I also own 2% more of the company. I am two years older she and I make makes... $2,000 more. Yeah. That's unfortunately all <laughs> facts. Those are actual true facts. Um, what it means to be a unicorn? You know, I, I think it's, it, it's a great question. I think all of us, anybody that's a tech founder or somebody in technology continuously wants to aspire to be what's known as a unicorn to be able to get a billion dollar valuation. We've seen the episodes of Silicon Valley on HBO and that's sort of the big thing that people um, grasp for. And same thing with things like Shark Tank. I think the thing for us isn't just about what it's about a value of a company. It's really about what it represents. And what it represents is the hard work of the 300 individuals that work here. It's the 23,000 customers we support. And it really validates the journey and the impact that we're having for the customers we serve. You know, we started off really trying to level the playing field for small to medium-sized businesses. We grew up in a household of entrepreneurship, and we really understood the pain points it took to run a business. And I think that for us today is broader than just a value or a headline. It's really representing that. And then double-clicking on the, the unicorn aspect is all the things that Sneera just said. When you start to really amplify and think about minority, women-led. I mean, if we start to become unicorns of unicorns, it's continuously trying to find even further definitions to define success. And I think that's what it stands for, at least for me, and I believe we speak on both of our behalfs, is it's really representative to where we've come from, where we believe the world can go, uh, and what we hopefully continue to aspire to build upon. I love that, Sal. I mean, for me, Casey, unicorn, I mean, this is something I feel like we manifested this. Like, I feel like this was something as soon as I even learned about what a unicorn was and the, I, I don't even know if many of you guys know what a unicorn might be. And so the tech boys club, I like to call this a tech boys club, you know, declares themselves as when companies reach a certain valuation milestone, which is a billion in value. And they actually call it the three comma club. So look out for some CEO school merch. That's going to have three commas coming soon, but they call it the three comma club. Um, and it's the unicorn status. It's like highly coveted, but it's for all the wrong reasons. I think that it's highly coveted. And so for me, unicorn and becoming a unicorn isn't just about, it's not just about stacks and where that can take stacks. I mean, as a tech founder, that is like the ultimate milestone to say, you've made it as a company that you have market validation, that you have the investment behind you. You have, um, you know, it's, it's a point in a company's life that you're almost no longer a startup anymore, right? Like you have the ultimate validation from an industry standpoint. And so that was kind of initially where I first, when I was like, oh, I want to become a unicorn. And I learned about this. That's maybe where it first started. But what I want to add to that is the fact that I think it changed very quickly when I started learning about how rare it actually is to become a unicorn. 
Um, and that's why they call it that. So when you look up unicorn, unicorns are mythical creatures um, that some say don't even exist, right? So that that is kind of why it's called a unicorn because it's so rare for uh, for companies to achieve this level of status. But when I learned about the disparity um, that we never even had a shot at this, Casey, like as two brown founders, as two kids of immigrants with no, you know, financial background, not yet, like we don't have Harvard MBAs. We did go to CEO school, right? Like without the experiences and uh, the right support around us, the amount of rejection that we've literally had to go through to receive our first dollars in funding. And I can come back and share. And I hope to share all these stories with all of you over the next course of this month. So feel free to ask me. We are literally going to be a transparent book for the best because we believe that we don't want to gatekeep in business. We don't want to hold back because I think that our experiences will only make other experiences better for future founders. And when I learned about the disparate gap in women-led uh, uh, tech companies, when we, and I never, we never actually thought about it that way. Yeah. I would say, Sal, like I never, when we were first kind of rising through it, we never, I never thought, thought of, thought of it like, oh, it's a setback because I'm a woman or because we're people of color. It was just, we were kind of used to always not having a seat at the table. We were kind of always used to being rejected. We we're always used to just getting told no, which is really unfortunate. And now when I look back at our journey, that's kind of, that is the case for it's statistically proven. It is the case for every minority founder. It is the case for every female founder. And so becoming a unicorn was so much more about just that three comma club or what it means for tech or what it means for our industry. This was really a way to say, Hey, if we can do it. So can others, so can she, and so can he. And uh, that's what we, you know, set out to do. It's there's so many opportunities for us to have exited along the way, or be, you know, there's so many opportunities that came. And today's just day one. Like unicorn status does not mean like this is just this is day one of a new chapter for stocks until we take this company public. And uh, there should be more unicorns. And actually, I think we shouldn't be celebrating today. We should be mad. Like we should be mad that there aren't more female founded unicorns, that there aren't more minority unicorns. And that is what this milestone really means for me today. Tease up my next question beautifully. <laughs> International Women's Day, Women's History Month. What does this mean for women, women in tech? What advice do you have to for those folks who are just now starting and what that looks like? That looks like a big mountain when you look at it from the beginning. Yeah, I mean, I'll speak on the, the women piece of it. It's definitely hard. It is to, you know, to constantly, it's not just where it's hard as a woman to, we're not, we don't have a seat at the table. We're not taken seriously. Our voices aren't heard. And we have great ideas, right? Like I, when I look back and I think about, I had this idea in my head. And if I let all the self-doubt, if I let all of the naysayers, if I let all of the rejection, if I let every, I've literally cried, I think every day in the last eight years of my life, and like not discluding today as an entrepreneur. But if I let all of those things stop, like had stopped me, there wouldn't be, there wouldn't be a Stacks today. There wouldn't be 300 families that are part of our Stacks pack. There wouldn't be 23 billion in payments process through an idea that I had in my head. And so it's easy to look back on like the young scenario self and say, oh girl, you know, you should do it and you could have done it. But honestly, it was hard as fuck. Like I look back and I'm like, I don't even know how I had the grit, the tenacity just to keep going on some of the stories that yeah. we're happy to share with you guys. 
But as a woman, a young woman, like if, for any women, whether you're a young woman, whether you're, you know, you're in your mid forties or in your sixties, it's never too late. And you really have to believe in yourself first is what I will tell you. And don't let, you know, success really begets success. And something I never saw was women at this level succeeding. And when I started to see women share their stories, like Sarah Blakely and, um, and so many incredible founders like Whitney Wolf, who took her company IPO, Sophia Amoroso, right? When you see women sharing their stories, that inspires you because you see a little piece of you in them. And that is why I've been so um, adamant about showing up online and people may not understand that, but uh, and I've, I've fought with every single person to say why I show up online every single day. It's not for me because if I want, if, if I saw a brown woman my age doing what I was doing, I think I would have actually started earlier, right? And I want my daughters to look up and have it. I don't want them to have a scarcity of women to look up to. I want them to feel like anything is possible. And I believe that seeing is actually believing. And I didn't even know what was possible. I felt when we started Stocks, we would be a, I wanted to build a million dollar business. I didn't know I could build a hundred million dollar business. I didn't even know I could build a billion dollar business. And now there's a thing called a decacorn, by the way, that's a $10 billion uh, business. And so to so just learn the words. So yeah, I know we're online. in trouble. We're in trouble, but that's what it means for, I think the advice for women is believe in yourself first. No one's going to believe it for you. You have to believe in you first. Yeah. Only thing I'll add to it. Um, and this is just sharing childhood choice. Some, some aspect. She's, she's not lying to you when she says the eight years of crying, but I'll even say, even going, <laughs> even going back to earlier days than that, I think that things of self-doubt are real, right? I, I can tell you that to Snare's point, when originally this idea came up and there were areas, there were areas where you just didn't want to get to the next level. Like, do we even want to be that big? It comes with tension. It comes with more hard work. I, I can be here and be comfortable. And I think it was always the aspect. We had a mentor that said, just get comfortable being uncomfortable, get comfortable being uncomfortable. That really helped. I'd say the both of us and specifically Snera understand that it's okay if there wasn't sort of a path that was laid out, like you could be the one to create the trail for the person behind you. Right. And it was really about taking the next step, even if it felt unknown, but knowing that there was support, but it did start with self-confidence. It did start with that. Um, and it does take work. And I would say we would lie to you if we said we didn't have bad days or there aren't days we wake up when it feels like the world is against you. Um, but you figure it out and you, you find a way. And I can tell you on average over the last eight years, our good days are drastically bigger than our bad. And each, each one has continued to, continue to be higher and higher for us. I love that you said that. I agree with that. It's hard sometimes because you want to just give up in those hard moments, but they're not going to stop. I think that was like, they're, they're not going to stop. I think that, you know, part of some of the lessons is that you think that as you grow, things get easier because you hire more people. There's like, there's like, you have more resources. It actually gets harder. It gets lonely. harder and it gets lonelier. Um, and that's a huge part of entrepreneurship, yeah. but it doesn't have to be that way, right? That's why this community exists. That's why CEO school exists. That's why we're mentoring and giving back and finding ways to go foster that community that, that we didn't have, that I wish I had more women to go speak to. And we just came back from like literally the most beautiful retreat this last weekend, 20 incredible entrepreneurs. We spent an entire weekend locked into a house, just sharing. It wasn't just business practices. Half the time we were just venting about just 
about how we're scaling and the challenges of being a working mom, challenges of being um, a CEO and challenges of just being an entrepreneur and doing it alone. Why we don't, we shouldn't, it's not fun to do it alone, right? Like winning is fun, but we always say winning is, is, is more fun with friends. With that, how do you guys play into each other's strengths? You have like a really, it's not, it's not common, even just that work with your sibling. (laughs) So how do you, you know, work on each other's strengths and what is it meant for you to do this together? It's a lot of tequila. (laughs) No, um, I'll let you go first. I'm happy about it. And it's a lot of wine, Sal, for me. Thanks. No, it is. um, I think that we do have a beautiful partnership. It's amazing that I get to work with my brother. I think one of the things that really ties us together is um, we went to 10 different schools in, in 12 to 14 years of our schooling, 10 different schools. And it's our, our parents were serial entrepreneurs because they were always on this chase of the American dream. They were successful and unsuccessful entrepreneurs were always on this like crazy roller coaster, you know, chasing the next thing. And it was, you know, it was entrepreneurship out of necessity. It wasn't, and you've heard this story before, but I'm happy to share it again. But our, my father and my mother immigrated here separately from Karachi, Pakistan to come to America. They met in Chicago. I was born in Chicago. Sal was raised in, he was born in Dallas and we were, we grew up in Dallas, but we lived in Karachi. We lived in Dallas, we moved to Orlando and then everywhere in between. And that constant change um, really forced us to like, he was my best friend. Like it was like, that was your sibling, but that was also like the only person that you had when you went to a new school. And so it was hard, you know, it growing up like with that kind of instability from a uh, friend circle and from just like a life, uh, life su- support standpoint. So we were each other's confidants and best friends and, you know, also siblings. And when I first had the idea of stacks, I mean, he was the first person I picked up the phone and I called and I said, I think this can be, I think this is, this is big. And I'm going to go pitch it to my team. I didn't even think that I had no desire to go build a company on my own. He was the first person to say, why would we, why would you give this away? Like, why don't we go build it? We should do this and you should do it. It wasn't even a, we at the time he told me you should go do it. And it was amazing to have that support from my family, to have that, you know, just that confidence back. And they pushed me. I was the last person to bet on me. And if my, if, if he hadn't pushed, if my family hadn't pushed, they'd snare, go do this. Um, it wouldn't have happened. And then six months later, you know, the company actually was starting to take off. So I was working for uh, another startup, a technology company out in California. And he left everything to come join Stacks within six months. And the success has been inevitable. And I will say what makes our partnership really, our partnership really successful is that we share the same value system. That's something that we really, those family values of one team, we always said one team, one dream. And in a partnership, that trust and that one team vision is so critical but it's also really amazing because we're wildly different. Like we're same in so many of the same ways that make us human, but we're so different in ways of like where our brains operate. I'm a marketer. I'm a strategist. I'm a visionary. I'm crazy. when it comes to some of the ideas that I have. Fully agree on the crazy one. Yes. Sal is a genius, like true genius when it comes to KPIs, sales, forecasting, um, just operational strategy and scaling, right? So we bring something so different to the table. And I think that's what makes for a beautiful partnership. And so for those that don't have that in your partners, 
like make sure you're looking for differences as well because yeah. you don't want to have the same brains and if you don't have a partner make sure you look for that in your team so that's what i admire about you <laughs> thank you uh, i want to repeat that for you know give me a, a version of it but um i think the only thing to add i think sarah hit it on the head and there's just an element of trust as well right and so for the two of us uh, we stayed within our swim lanes to this point, but we've been able to build upon trust. And I think knowing that we both, going back to the core values, want the same things, even when we find ourselves disagreeing amongst whether it's a strategy specific, when we leave a room, we are maniacally aligned on whatever that is. Sky right? is black. Yeah. And, and if she says sky is black, as much as I know it's not, I, in a room, I'll be like, it's black. And we will, there's the amount of times I'll be like, no, that's not right, but we're going to go with it. We're <laughs> going to go with it. Um, and it just, it takes that level of um, trust within your partners to be able to stand. And I think that that is what not only the two of us, obviously the hopefully the 300 people that we get to work with get to see, but even our board members, investors, and the people that as we went through this capital raise process, we met with 60 different partners. And I can tell you, if you can't tell, the energy, charisma, and the dynamics that we get to bring together, it truly is a version of having fun. And I think that that element hasn't changed for us, is the ability that every day that we get to work together, um, it's still fun. I didn't see her for five days last week. She walked in the office and we had like a 30 second actual hug, being like, I missed you. I know. Um, and it's because it's we truly do enjoy each other's company. So. Oh, yeah. Last question. What's next? We kind of touched on that a little bit, but I know you guys have more. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll give the, the business side of context that I think Sonera will speak to uh, a lot more about the vision as well with it. You know, we've been focused on, obviously, we raised a ton of capital, $245 million. Um, how do you deploy that? Uh, it, it's a lot. Uh, for us, we've done an amazing job of building Stacks Pay, which is our SMB platform, really bringing together, um, you know, omni channel invoicing, and, recurring yep. billing, um, e-com, like in-store payments, all together in a business management solution. So, if you have not seen it, please go to our website, StacksPayments.com. And then for our SaaS com companies that are continuously growing, we have our Stacks Connect um, ISV platform, which stands for Integrated Software Vendors, to be able to embed. Uh, our API within that. And so our product innovation is going to continue to grow, but it's also about big international expansion. You're going to see a big push us, for us in brand. You're going to see a big area as we continue to invest back in product people and the 23,000 customers we serve, as well as growing our team. Um, Stackspayments.com slash careers. We have nearly 100 positions that are open. Apply. Uh, and I think for us, you know, from a business perspective, we just want to see Stacks as a household name continue to compete with folks like Stripe Square um, and provide an alternative that can really be something special that we know can help businesses grow. Love that. I mean, what's next? That's a question. That's a really uh, a question that I think about quite often, actually. Today, like I actually already see the next three years out for Stacks. I think it's what's really um, hard for me to explain into words, but I, I already saw it today coming two years ago. I think I declared it on Instagram already two years ago that says or like the next fintech unicorn. Like I already see what's next. And for us, Stacks is a four letter word for a reason. I do believe in taking um, our company public and taking that next milestone uh, for the organization. Expansion of our brand. I mean, you saw a huge journey from us going from Fat Merchant uh, last year to Stacks for a reason. Uh, we are the payment stack and architecture for payments. And we believe that all software companies are payments companies. So when you think about 
when you ride your, your ride share, um, you don't think about payments on the back end. Somebody has to facilitate that. When you go to your chiropractor and you're leaving the chiropractor, there's payment component that is not traditional anymore. Uh, somebody has to do that, that payment facilitation on the back end. So our API and our technology is leading in the marketplace. And I don't want to bore Instagram on technology, but it's just, it's cool AF. Like it is, it's doing things for certain verticals too. So if you're in professional services, field services, healthcare, and retail, we're not a consumer facing product yet. Um, but from a, from those verticals, we dominate those verticals and Stripe, um, has had such incredible disruption. I will say, um, in, in that space from an API standpoint, and they integrate with all the software tools that you might be utilizing today, but one company cannot dominate and monopolize an entire industry. And as a company gets that large, uh, there's room for disruption. And so we found ways that are within the verticals that we serve. Um, we're the only player that does not only those online transactions, but also those in-person transactions under a single payment flow. So for example, if you're a dentist, right, or a, a veterinarian, I love that example, and you're taking Sparky to the, to, the, to the vet and he has a teeth cleaning, you can go in and the doctor can text you and say, hey, uh, you know, uh, Casey, um, you know, Sparky needs, uh, you, he came in for a teeth cleaning, but we got to extract four teeth. Is that cool? Is that okay? You're like, yes, absolutely. And then the invoice gets updated and you can do that via text to pay. And Sparky already has an insurance plan that's with that vet provider that's on recurring billing. And then when you go pick up Sparky, you're at the front desk and you need to do the in-person transaction for your copay. You can, you know, all of those components are, are separate payment providers right now. They're going to square for the in-person, for, for the grooming, for mobile. They're going to QuickBooks for their invoicing. They're going to Stripe for the integration into their platform. They're going to Bank of America for their terminal, whatever that may be. There isn't a one plat. There isn't one platform that consolidates all the which ways. Not only a business needs to accept payments, but how consumers want to pay. And so that's the technology that we've innovated and that we've created, and that's truly disruptive. And that's why it's competing against Stripe is amazing, but only for their single threaded lane. And Square is amazing, but only for retail and in person. And so what we serve is a completely different. We serve a growth customer. And so what's next? We're going to continue to invest in technology. Everyone's going to know our name. This is why there's a huge brand expansion for Stacks. And, um, you know, we're excited for the public offering. And I think what's even greater for what's next is I'm, you know, I'm so proud to amplify the story for minorities and for women in business. Stacks Cares is one of our huge philanthropic arms that you will really see come about this year. We're pledging $1 million in, um, you know, for initiatives and community efforts and donations and in-kind services and our time towards women in business, towards um, uh, youth in STEM, uh, and towards our community at large in uh, feeding, uh, feeding the hungry. And so those are kind of our three main pillars for Stacks Cares, but you're going to see a lot of amazing come out of Stacks and we needed the platform to be able to go do so. And that's why, you know, you know, women are, this is why women can change the world. Nothing bad happens when women make more money, right? You know, you've heard me say that. And I think what's next is really utilizing this platform to really amplify and do good and make an impact. And you're going to continue to hear from me. Season four just launched of CEO School, the podcast. 
Uh, we're going to be doing um, exclusive stuff right now for the podcast. Check it out. If you have not already, if you've not already tuned into CEO school, the podcast, you can find it on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you listen to uh, your Apple podcast. It is a top 100 business fan podcast. I cannot believe that we have such a big voice and a platform and we're going to continue to, you know, just share and amplify how we can get more women to the table and uh, really just make an impact, not only from stacks itself, but we believe that this impact is going to have a ripple effect globally. Um, and we're going to finally change the statistics and hold everyone accountable to change the statistics because it should not be less than 1%. It should be 100%. I love it. I, this whole conversation has been great. It's been great getting kind of the first look at just everything and how you're feeling and what a big day. So thank you for sharing all your stories and, and moments with us. Uh, I appreciate all of you guys being here. We're going to say bye to our Instagram live audience. Uh, follow Stacks Payments on social. Check us out. Go share the love. We've got incredible articles and press doing. We can absolutely use your support to amplify our story here today. And for those of you that are here are exclusive inside of the CEO School community and inside of the club, we're going to be staying for private Q&A to spill the tea. Uh, so I'm really excited for that. And if those of you that are not part of the community, come join our community. Um, it is for everyone because here, everyone has a seat at the table. Only women have the seat at the table. So it's a femme-only community. So we're going to hold our spaces. Am I going to get kicked out? No, you're not going to get kicked out for now, Sal. Uh, but thank you so much. Amplify and share the story. We love you. Today's a really big day. Thank you so much for listening to the CEO School podcast today. What an incredible time that I had with Sal, our co-founder, and Casey Shemansky. It was so fun to actually give you guys a scoop behind Stacks. We're going to be doing more of that. Your ideas and you know are so important to us. Season four is officially here. We have the most stellar interviews lined up. The guest list is on fire. You're going to hear from me every Monday, every Wednesday. Mondays, we're going to be doing an exclusive interview episode with a female founder that you are 100% going to learn from. Less than 2% of female founders ever break a million in revenue. And we are bringing those women to the room so that we can get tactical, so that we can learn and start our week off right with the right mindset. And then on Wednesdays, we will be getting solo episodes uh, from myself on various topics that you want to hear more about. So Wednesday, um, you know, send me a DM on Instagram at Sniramadani at CO School. We are literally manning our DMs all day. And leave us a review for the podcast. If you love today's show, if you love everything what we're about, the only way that we grow is with your word of mouth. So screenshot this episode, tag us on social, leave us a review. And we are literally sending so much swag right now. So if you want stack swag, if you want CO School swag, you want a hello from me, leave us a review, send me a DM. We've got the best topics coming this season, the best guests coming this season. And I cannot wait to have you each and every single week. Thanks for joining me on today's episode and the exclusive behind the scenes. Until next week at CEO School. Hey there, if you enjoy this week's episode themes and want to go deeper into concepts on mindset, money, and marketing, download our freebie with the five secrets that helped me scale multiple companies to seven figures and beyond. These are the exact skills that will help you get you to your next level. Find it on CEO School's bio on Instagram at CEO School. If you love today's episode, leave us a review. This is how we grow and reach more incredible entrepreneurs like you. 
Tell us what you loved about the episode and you'll be entered to win one ticket to our Women in Business Conference this September in Orlando. I can't wait to see you.